0: Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us Mike and my go to Hello and welcome to the podcast that will not forget its own name. It's Mike and Mike go to the movies. I'm Mike Smith and joining me as always is a man who's taking an ill-fated trip through upstate New York. (laughs) Mike D'Cruccio. How'd you today, Mike? I'm doing great. There's honestly nothing better
1: than like a dark, snowy melodrama that turns out to be in upstate New
0: York. When when they open that roadmap and I see 4455 on there... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hell yes. I was pretty great. There's a line of dialogue in the movie where she's like, oh, have fun in Albany. And I was like, hey, yeah. I lived in Albany. <laughs> that is the appropriate reaction when <laughs>
1: somebody tells you they have to go to Albany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how you doing today, Mike? What's going on? I'm doing just great. I'm excited uh, for today's Discussion. Well, I guess
0: uh, a discussion about movies, but not a discussion episode. Right. Yes, an important distinction to make. Yes, <laughs> Mike. might go to the movies. Uh, yeah. Normally, a, a discussions episode is just a freewheeling talk, and uh, this, these episodes are also freewheeling talks, but about two specific movies. Yeah. <laughs> freewheeling uh, w- within guardrails. Yes, within the confines of this segment. Uh, yep. And yeah, we are doing a Mike makes Mike watch today. Uh, late last year, me and Mike mapped out the entire year. Of Mike Makes Mike Watches. And we actually are of get getting a late start to it this year. This year. Yeah, whoops. Uh, so normally it's going to be once a month for Mike Makes Mike Watch. In February there will be two Mike Makes Mike Watches because we couldn't get to it in January. Blame the uh, top ten episode being four hours long and me having to edit it. Uh, yeah. That's probably what the reason is. Uh, also, we didn't really... Uh, we couldn't even publish the Godzilla episode until like almost halfway through the month. You know, we we got, it was a slow start to the year, I think, for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
1: think, I think, uh, I think we deserve a little, a little pay patience with ourselves, uh, exactly, uh, for for so far this year. And uh, yeah, I'm already immediately going to have to call an Audible for the other movie in February because I can't find it anywhere. It doesn't exist. apparently oh, really? Online, it is available to stream on AMC Plus. Which that's it, huh? <laughs> which is crazy. Wait. And it's crazy then that I can't find it that uh, other places um because it exists to stream somewhere. Yeah, so you should be able to find it somewhere. What what which movie is it again? That is uh The Baxter, the Michael Showalter. You
0: can't find that anywhere,
1: huh? Yeah, it doesn't I mean unless you want to buy a DVD on eBay or some shit which is <laughs> insane. Um but yeah, can't find it anywhere it doesn't exist as a file um, really? as far as I can find. I'm sure if I asked uh, some friends of the shows they'd be able to, but uh yeah, couldn't find it and the only place it is streaming I think Think is just amc plus which is bananas
0: right which uh, of course nobody has and i refuse to buy uh yeah <laughs> when they kill shutter
1: for amc plus i'll be very mad
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that can't happen, right? They could, they wouldn't, they couldn't. Uh, they already put AMC Plus
1: shit on Shutter, even though it's not horror stuff. You're like, what do you do it over wait, here? Did they? Yeah, there's a couple of TV shows and stuff that they have available on AMC or on Shutter, but it's like I it got an AMC Plus tag on it,
0: like like horror oriented shows or like. Um, I think a couple of them just aren't. They're just like dramas or whatever. So, I can't so remember off the like, top of my head. But it's not like like Better Call Saul is on Netflix. I think so. That's probably right. not AMC. Not that's that kind not. of thing. Okay, but, but
1: but it's like some stuff they're trying to like promo that they're like well look it's on Shudder hey Shudder people come look over here on AMC plus find out what else we have
0: right like I don't want to see this fucking show get out of here and as a Shudder purist who just wants to watch the Exorcist 3 in peace uh, exactly (laughs) uh, yeah I'm not a fan of that but yeah okay so the Baxter uh, may or may not be the movie that we talk about uh, that that you're making me watch next time around correct Um, which uh, is a movie I do want to see. I, it's it's one that, like, I'm surprised I haven't seen, just because I love Michael Showalter so much, and I love his comedy, and, uh, you know, I was a huge Wild American Summer guy, and all that stuff and for some reason never got around to seeing the Baxter so I hope that it works out but if it doesn't I'm sure you can find something to slot into its place pretty easily Mike yeah we'll figure we'll figure something out yes uh but that is not the movie we're talking about today today I am making Mike D watch Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away uh from 2001 um widely considered to be Hayao Miyazaki's magnum opus one of his best films and Mike D is making me watch The Black Coat's Daughter from 2017 uh the uh, directorial debut sort of question mark uh from Oz Perkins, who is the director of the upcoming Long Legs, starring Nicolas Cage, which of course we'll have to cover on the complete works later this year. Yes. Yeah. And interesting, it's Oz Osgood. Oz probably I forget which he's uh, changed uh, his name. Osgood, I believe I believe he was originally credited as Osgood Perkins, and now it's just Oz Perkins. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's it's cleaner. It's it's simpler. Yeah. Uh all right. So yeah, it's time for a Mike Makes Mike watch. We're gonna talk about uh both of these movies, but which one would you like to talk about first, Mike? Um, I guess let's talk about Black Hood's daughter first okay let's do it we're gonna
1: do the the alleged double feature like we do every time i feel like you you start with this and end with uh
0: spirited away in a more uplifting tone (laughs) you know yeah definitely and actually before we get into the mike makes mike watch we should mention on here as well uh the finalists for season four of the complete works have been announced uh they are out there in the world uh and the poll for season four is gonna open up on monday february 12th uh on twitter so if you head over to twitter on monday i think it'll go up probably around noon. Eastern time I'll say you can theoretically you I mean not theoretically if you have a Twitter account you will be able to vote in the (laughs) in the poll Uh, the four finalists are Nicole Kidman Walter Matthau uh, Kirsten Dunst and Roy Scheider. Uh, I, ca- I can't say that lineup without like kind of laughing because it's just an insane group of people. <laughs> it gets funnier every time I consider just the
1: whole concept yeah. of those four being put together in <laughs> a poll.
0: Like it's very clear that like I had a specific agenda with my five names and Mike had a very specific agenda with his five names. Yes. <laughs> and Mike's was very much like I want to cover somebody who's dead. That's the only <laughs> that that's that the only stipulation that you had. And so who knows that might happen this time around. There, there's a 50-50 shot that it could happen uh, with Walter Matthau or Roy Scheider, both of whom would be great uh, seasons of the podcast. Uh, but Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst would also be great seasons of the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and really, it's just up to the listener to decide who it's going to be. So yeah, that poll will go open. uh, will be live uh, beginning on Monday, February 12th. Go check that out. But right now, it's time for a Mike Makes Mike Watch. I hope they choose right. Mike's watching my. You say that they had to do a blood test to see if her head matched the body.
1: Hey, Dad is calling to see where you and Mom are, and if you're coming.
0: Worst case, they come on Friday, and everyone goes home and has a really nice break. After all, we can't let you live here.
1: Did you know about the sisters, don't you? They worship the devil. Is there something wrong? Why are you doing this?
0: Do you believe in God, Joan? Ever tried to look for him? I look for him in the unlikely things that happen. Little coincidences.
1: <laughs> deedle, deedle. something funny you smiled a little funny no why I mean I just wish you could stay and see my performance
0: that's all it's time for a Mike Makes Mike watch. And that was from the trailer for The Black Coat's Daughter, directed by Oz Perkins and starring Kiernan Shipka, Emma Roberts and Lucy Boynton from 2017. So, Mike D, why did you want to make me watch The Black Coat's Daughter?
1: Well, this is a movie that I feel is pretty, I was going to say pretty under or anything like that, but I feel like has been gaining a pretty, I don't know if cults. Is the right word, but like a groundswell. I think I think um, Oz Perkins has been getting a lot more notoriety as like a kind of more mainstream director. I mean, this is a I think a neon film or so, or, or something. I forget. It's a let's uh, say twenty four. 824, right. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they got they got similar aesthetic choices um, between the two of them. So it's got that going for it. And, and it's, he's directing uh, Long Legs coming up, uh, like you talked about, with uh, Nicolas Cage. So we'll be, definitely be seeing that. And I think his last movie was that, that Gretel and Hansel movie, which I didn't yeah. see, but Heard was pretty good. I, I liked Gretel
0: and Hansel quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Okay. Nice. So, um, yeah. And, and I think this movie just rules. It's, it's one of those movies that when you're watching it, you're like, can feel the, the, the cold air, like coming out of your TV somehow. Um, so <laughs> it's right in January. So we're right in February. Um, yep. so it was like perfect timing. I know you, it feel, felt like it would be right in your wheelhouse and then, uh, you know, get you hyped for long legs i guess as if you would need that um get us both in the mood for long legs so
0: right fair enough yeah i was excited when you uh chose this one because it's one that i've been wanting to watch for a while um you know i, I it's been on my radar you talked about it i think over a year ago when you watched it or it, it was a while back when you actually watched it and talked about it on the podcast and stuff right mike
1: yeah it was it's been a few years i don't remember exactly when maybe in 2021 or something like that or 2022 um, but yeah, I heard about this from, uh, Elric Kane, who's a podcaster and host and stuff that we're both big fans on, uh, of, and he's got a horror specific show um i think it was shockwaves at the time but um and yeah he, that's where i first heard about heard about it and i guess it had it's had like a title change or something so it's like a little like it used to be called february and that yes. might have been like its festival run name i don't really know and he's always hy- har- harping on like that's the better title uh but black coat's daughter is a pretty cool title so, i like uh, it i got nothing to like it it, it yeah. has a song where they reference the black coat's daughter i don't know yeah that's cool <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I been a big fan of this and it's, it's been like a, uh, a movie I recommend to lots of people that are into this kind of horror movie. So definitely had to make you watch it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is a this movie, like I said, was on my radar. And I am in general a fan of Oz Perkins. Um, I, I had seen his other two movies. He has three movies as a director right now. He'll have a fourth one with long legs. But the weird thing about Black Coat's Daughter uh, is that it premiered at festivals in 2015, but it didn't get any kind of actual release until 2017, like almost two years later when A2, wow. A24 picked it up and they released it, I think, in March of 2017. In that time, Oz Perkins directed another movie and it came out before Black Coat's Daughter did. And so Black Coat's Daughter is is the first movie he directed, but it's not the first Oz Perkins movie that went out into the world, Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. And so I saw his other movie at that time. Uh, it was called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in This House. Uh, yeah, I remember the title. Yeah, and that was release as a Netflix original. It was a Netflix movie that came out, and I remember hearing good things about it, and I went to watch that movie, i mean, the Pretty Thing Lives in the House, and did not like it. I thought it was really? so boring. Uh, it's it's a very slow-moving, methodical movie, and uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't get into it. I found it n- entirely empty, and I was really bummed out by that, because I was really excited about it. And so I think, as a result of me not liking that movie, I didn't see Black Coat's Daughter. I, I mean, I don't I don't think Black Hood's Daughter got like a huge release like some other A24 horror movies like this was maybe like before A24 horror movie was like a brand unto itself you know yeah (laughs) it's definitely part of the foundation for that yeah yeah and so you know like I think The Witch had come out Hereditary hadn't come out yet but like it was you know in the building blocks of that like It Comes at Night was out that year and that was like the A24 horror movie that got the big push like that came out in Multiplex and all that stuff Black Hood's Daughter I don't think played near me at all and so yeah I just never got around to watching it I did hear good things I did despite not liking I'm the pretty thing I I did still kind of want to see it but I just kind of fell under the radar Uh, and then a few years later I went to go see Gretel and Hansel when that came out which was like January of 2020 like right before everything shut down and I thought the movie rocked I I really really enjoyed Gretel and Hansel thought it was really fun Uh, so since then i have been like man I gotta go back and watch Black Coats Daughter and then you watched it and you were talking it up and then Nick Cage got cast in Oz Perkins new movie and I was like man I gotta go back and watch Black Coats Daughter so I'm glad that you gave me the push to (laughs) finally do that Mike because Black Coats Daughter fucking rules. Hell yeah. It's really good. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought Black Hood's Daughter was so intense and atmospheric and very slow, um, much like I'm the Pretty Thing Lives in This House, and Gretel and Hansel. I think they they all have that kind of same kind of slow quality to it. Uh, But I think uh, Black Hood's Daughter maybe does that the best, um, just in terms of like creating that atmosphere, creating a certain vibe, kind of showing you these different stories that are sort of intersecting. Uh, I thought all of the lead performances are really, really great. Uh, Kieran and Ship uh, especially I thought was awesome and she's somebody who um, I know the kids these days know her as Sabrina uh, yep. from the uh, Sabrina TV show but I know her from Mad Men she was Don Draper's daughter on Mad Men Oh, uh, and uh, so I, I saw her you know she was like five years old when that show started then grew up to be like you know 13 14 or whatever it was and so I saw her grow up on Mad Men and then hadn't really seen her in a ton of stuff since then I did see Totally Killer on Amazon last year which uh, she was pretty good and it was fun but yeah here it was like oh yeah this just feels like oh, this is the sequel to Mad Men it's like Sally Draper's <laughs> all grown up and now she's at a boarding school <laughs> yeah she goes off to boarding school and this happens <laughs> yes exactly and yeah I, I found this movie to be uh really engaging I, I think there's moments in it um just tonally and the way it kind of uses its soundscape and the way characters kind of react to each other it kind of reminded me like it's you know i think one of the most overused words uh in film discourse is lynchian like describing yep. it as david lynch but a lot of it reminded me of twin peaks the return just the, the feeling of watching twin peaks the return i got that vibe from the black star. Uh, and uh, yeah I I really really loved it Mike this is a very strong start for Mike makes Mike watch in January of 2024
1: nice I'm glad to hear that yeah I mean this is a movie that um, I've seen maybe maybe two or three or maybe this was my third time watching it Um, I've seen it you know a a few times before this and uh, I watched it with some friends and they were like oh it's Sabrina Uh, like same same thing (laughs) Um, and I was like well uh, buckle up I guess yeah (laughs) it's gonna be a different vibe Um, and yeah it's just it's watching it this time I was blown Away by how many how, how much the uh twist is like foreshadowed or or telegraphed, where like um, in particular, how many times Kiernan Chipka like looks into an empty corner of a room just in mm-hmm. the middle of a scene, uh, like while there she's talking to somebody else and just like kind of it happens like very noticeably in the beginning when she's talking to the priest, like uh, or, or, or the principal or whoever that guy is that's going to Albany, uh, and she just kind of like fades out and is smiling into the corner of the room. But then there's just lots of times over the break where they're home, uh, where they're stuck in the school where she's talking to to uh lucy boynton's character and she just kind of like is looking off in the corner and you're just like whoa like oh shit oh uh, you yeah. know like what's going on there is so fun but um yeah i mean loosely the the uh the plot basically i guess is that uh kieran chipka and lucy boynton it's the holdovers um
0: yeah that's how i described it to somebody the other day i was like yeah imagine the holdovers was a horror movie <laughs> it was a horror movie yeah they are at
1: some boarding school that uh, is breaking for february break for winter break um and the their parents don't show up um lucy boynton, you get the- Lied to her parents, Uh, and they set that up pretty early, like, oh, so she could see her boyfriend who goes to a different school. Right. Um, Told them the wrong day that break starts, and Kieran Shipka's parents just haven't shown up. Uh, mysteriously um, and we're not sure why and um, so they get stuck there with these two older ladies that are like caretakers nurses They're
0: I don't really they don't really fully explain why these who these two ladies are at the school I assume because it's like a Catholic boarding school I assumed they were nuns who were like that's true caretakers yeah. of the school right
1: yeah something along those lines and um, so it's just the four of them in this big boarding school in the snow in the winter uh, for a co- just for a couple of days till everybody's parents come you know later on uh, and then and then spooky stuff basically basically right and sp- spooky is spooky ensues
0: yes and and while all that's going on there is this other story that's happening yes. uh, about this other woman played by emma roberts who by the way i i was aware of this movie for a long time i knew that kiernan shipka was like i like she's the star of the movie i had no idea emma roberts was in this movie oh that's cool i, I clicked play and was like oh who's what's this other story emma roberts is here <laughs> yeah <laughs> what uh and so you're watching her as after she has escaped a mental institution right uh, and she ends up he- catching a ride with these uh to like, this you know older man and uh, his wife and he's kind of like you know they're sort of escorting her out of the town where she escaped from and so every once in a while you're cutting back to that story and you kind of have to wait a while to see like really how that ties in but once it ties in man it's good stuff you got a stew going baby um, yes R.I.P. Yeah. Carl Weathers
1: yes R.I.P. Carl Weathers um, <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's that's one of the most fun- it's so funny also like when you watch the movie uh, and then you look at the poster you're like oh the poster gives all this away <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> so would show like who, who's on the poster and the way they're arranged is just yeah. like oh this is the movie uh, which is very funny um and i guess we do spoilers on these episodes
0: um, yes yeah so full spoilers ahead for black Hood's daughter if anybody if anybody doesn't want to know the twist in black Hood's daughter uh, skip ahead to Spirited Away, basically. Yeah, f- find where that is. Um, yeah, we, but, we don't know where that is. Yeah, we haven't reached it on the, <laughs> in the discussion
1: yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the poster is is Kieran Shipka and Emma Roberts in profile with their two heads kind of conjoined in the middle, and you're like, oh, I see what's happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that 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 moment when. Um, they reveal when the movie catches up to showing how, why Emma Roberts has the like bullet wound <laughs> scar yeah. uh, is like, holy shit. Uh, well, I guess actually that happens before then, right? When, when you see the, the picture, when James Remar gives her the picture of his daughter and it's Lucy Boynton.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. And so you, you basically, that's the moment where you kind of realize like, oh, this is happening in the future. Right. This uh, is Kiernan Shipker growing up now. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, or, I mean, it doesn't even tell you that, G- yeah like you can kind of piece it together at that point um yeah. but uh what it, what it is showing you is like oh this is like they're talking about lucy Poynton in the past tense like they're, yes. they're talking about her being dead 10 years ago so now you're like it's everything with the emma roberts like scenes that's all happening 10 years from the kieran and shipka stuff Right, um, and that that just like ratchets
1: the tension of all of that, like what the right. hell, what happens to Lucy Boynton? Um, and yeah, that that whole that whole twist is very fun, and yeah, the the performances I think are really really great. I I love how like different uh, Lucy Boynton and Kieran Shipka are and Lucy Boynton's like the bad girl with the where's the makeup and she's pregnant right and she yeah. skips like lies to her
0: parents so she can see her boyfriend and yeah she thinks she might be pregnant she thinks she's pregnant right before she dies she finds out she's not pregnant that's true yeah that's true uh, like there's one like moment of happiness before she gets killed before <laughs> she gets
1: brutally murdered um, <laughs> And uh, and Kieran Shipka has such like a like goody two shoes vibe, right? She's a freshman, I think, or like she's a underclassman, and she's performing in the pageant, like the play, like she's got her solo piano scene and stuff, and yeah, uh, it's it's all so good. Um, to then have Kiernan Shipka be like I I think my favorite part of this movie uh, and that makes it feel so unique to me is how much of a like willing participant Kiernan Shipka's character is in in her own possession and like uh, she's all about it she's 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 all excited yeah <laughs> she's devastated when she gets exercised at the end, towards the end of the movie, in the yeah. hospital by the priest, uh, and is begging the black coat to stay. And and uh, and then that that ca- you know ca- catalyzes the end of the movie. What she does at the end uh, with with James Remar and uh, the his his wife, uh, his character's wife. Yeah, uh, which I love that that's James Remar. He's so yeah. awesome. James Remar kills it in this movie. He's uh, fantastic. The moment when he finds her at the bus station and she's just like sitting there and they really lean into how uncomfortable that situation is where yeah. he's like a older man in his like 50s or whatever talking to this very younger girl just like oh come I'll, I'll give you a ride like my car's over there and it's yeah. like wait it's a mile away in the parking lot like like so far into like obvious kidnapper move right <laughs> like and all this stuff and it's just really setting that whole thing up and he like refuses to let her say no until like you know they go over there and his wife is in the
0: car and all yeah. this stuff and she's <laughs> like what,
1: the, what are you taking so long you know like yeah. whole thing
0: his, his wife in the car but then like you know later when they're in the hotel like he goes into a yeah. hotel room and she's in a towel and he doesn't seem like deterred by that he's doesn't like, yeah, leave yeah. yeah doesn't leave and he's just talking to her. like it's it's a really weird vibe between the
1: two of them absolutely it sets it up so it makes it so uncomfortable to then just reveal like oh yeah this is the
0: father of the girl she killed right <laughs> um, and and he and he like took her in because she reminds him of his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and then his wife has this whole other like, you know, monologue about how he says that to everyone. Like he says that to like all these different girls over the course of like these past 10 years and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And how like, you know, she used to see Lucy Boynton's character like at the when it was very recent, like she would see her a lot too. And like, but like you you move on from that and stuff. And but he refuses to let go and like every young woman he sees is like, oh, is that her kind of thing? Uh, just
0: so depressing. Yeah, definitely. Also, by the way, the wife played by Lauren Holly, uh, who is the love interest from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> uh, and who is also, I, I'm seeing her filmography now, she's also in Spirited Away. <laughs> Really? In the English dub. Yeah, which uh, did you watch the English or the Japanese dub? Mike? I did watch the
1: English dub. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. She plays uh hold on a sec. She plays Chihiro's mother. She plays Chihiro's mother Whoa, in Spirited Away. At that. So there you go. Uh double, so, double mom role. Yeah, an unintentional aspect of our double feature is that Lauren Holly is in both films. Uh, <laughs> you know, more connections than we thought. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, and so and so when you have that moment uh, when when you realize uh, that Joan is, in fact, Kiernan Shipka. uh Kat, I think not care if yes. her name is, right? Uh, yeah. jo- Joan is Kat in the future, um, which uh, it was one of those things where I, I had a, a little bit of difficulty with it at first just because, like, Kiernan chipka is, like, an adult. She's not going to turn into Emma Roberts in, t- <laughs> in yeah, 10 yeah, years, yeah. Uh, but they also look, like, similar enough, and, like, Kiernan Chipka is, like, an adult, but she's also supposed to be, like, 15, 16. So, like, there's, like, there's leeway into, like, you know, her appearance changing or whatever uh, in that time, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, And, and her, the movie
0: like just gets away with it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, definitely having um Kieran Shipka, you know, l- looking like a Catholic boarding school, like at the, pl- the plaid skirt and the hair up and a ponytail, like all the stuff. Oh, yeah. she, they're you they're know, definitely no trying to like
0: age her down as much as possible.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And then uh Emma Roberts with the like smeared mascara and like the kind of messed up hair and like is like ripping off hospital uh <laughs> bracelets and stuff. You definitely they definitely really lean into that. And I th- I think it's really effective. I did not first time I saw this did not like clock that.
0: This is this this is supposed to be an
1: uh, adult
0: version of the other
1: character until it the right. movie tells you
0: that yeah uh, and I think when it tells you that it's because uh, you, earlier in the movie you see that Emma Roberts has a bullet wound like on her shoulder or something and then later you see Kieran Shipa gets shot in the shoulder by the police officer that shows up um, right which is this gr- this great horrifying imagery where Kieran Shipper is in the boiler room with these three heads next to her from the her victims yeah uh, and just like you know, kind of like you know bowing to the boiler uh doing like a really like you know creepy back movements I don't know it's it's weird it's hard to describe
1: <laughs> yeah there's got to be some like uh you know reverse photography or weird frame right. rate
0: there's some like on un- like very unnatural animation or something like yeah
1: <laughs> there's some un- unnatural movements going on in there um yeah and that, that whole, that whole idea where, um, Lucy Boynton, I think, I think they show her the, the, the room first, because that's where the, she tells, uh, Lucy Boynton tells Kieran and Shipka that like, oh, the, the two women that they're staying with, like that are the caretakers or whatever, are devil worshipers. Uh, and like, oh, this, they, they got found in the boiler room doing something or I forget yeah. what it is. Um, and that's the, that's the scene that like she, like when she, when Lucy Boynton says, oh, that they, they worship the devil, like, uh, Kieran and Shipka like smirks at the corner and you're just like,
0: whoa, like, <laughs> <laughs> so good um like sharing a knowing look with the devil like yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. it's so funny <laughs> Um And um, so, yeah, they go down to the boiler room there, I think, and like look at it through the window and the door. Uh, so like they set they set that s- drop that seed for you later to hear the voices coming up from the the, the, the heating ducts where, where when she finds Emma Roberts down there af- alone, worshiping the boiler <laughs> um, yes. before the head. Kier- Kieran Shipka. Kieran uh, Shipka. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Worshiping the boiler. And uh, yeah. And then and then I love the the like no reveal of that later on when the murders have occurred at the school and you just see the police reactions to this bloody room without actually seeing anything so you don't know what's going on until they go down into the boiler room and find her there with the heads and you're just like oh my fucking god and she screams (laughs) hail
0: satan like yes this movie rules yeah it's great and yeah that's when you reveal that joan is cats uh and that yeah so nine years ten years later emma roberts has escaped from the mental hospital specifically so that she could try to get the demon back she, yeah. because she's she's been without the demon for ten years. You saw them exercise her before, and so the demon had left her, and she begs begs it not to go. And then when she returns, uh, she kills uh, Bill and Linda, James Remar and Lauren Holly, and brings brings their heads over to the boiler room. Ju- does the same thing again, and is trying to like summon the demon back, but the boiler is not reacting. It's just cold yeah. and uh, unused, as, as Wikipedia describes it. She finds the boiler cold and unused, and yeah, and then she just like kind of breaks down, leaves, and uh, is crying in the middle of the road, and the movie ends <laughs> just cuts to blackout her sobbing in the street yes Um,
1: yeah yeah and then uh i guess i guess it's a little more final than i than um maybe i interpreted it but uh okay i I thought it was like
0: a note of ambiguity like maybe the demon can come back or something I thought so because yeah, she's she's
1: crying and walking in the in the street and stuff, and she like turns and looks back at the camera, and then it cuts back to black, um, or cuts to black, and that just to me is like, is she turning to look at something? What's going on? Okay, um, to, so I think that's more fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, to to me, it was like uh, you know, an exercise in futility. Like you know, yeah. I mean, you know, you say these people died for nothing, but like these people like really died for nothing because the demon yeah. didn't even come back to her at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's so good you know yeah I, I had a great time with the black coat's daughter i thought it was, it was so good i watched it um it was like during it was like on a tuesday night my girlfriend had like fallen asleep i, I had like just kind of home from work and it was like it was midnight when i started watching the movie and i was like Whoa. i'm just gonna stay up and watch a black coat's daughter uh and it was a great decision had all, all the lights off like watching it by myself till 2 a.m it was great had a great time <laughs> nice that's that uh, could be
1: dangerous for like a slow burn
0: horror like oh man
1: midnight just like yeah. slowly
0: yeah yeah but i was locked in like Like from very early on, Um, I was very, very into it. Uh, So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it is uh, the best of Oz Perkins' three movies. Uh, It made me kind of want to rewatch I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in This House uh, Mm. because, uh, yeah, I really did not like it when (laughs) when I saw it that first time. (laughs) But I did like Gretel and Hansel, and I really liked this. Uh, And it made me all the more excited for Long Legs, uh, which, uh, hey, July 12th, Nicolas Cage and Micah Munro uh which uh I'm excited that she's in it too. Um, yeah just you know cool. It's, it seems like uh one of the things that I've know, like the three films that Oz Perkins has made is that uh, each one has like really solid parts for like young female actresses uh and so this one has of course Kieran Shipka and Roberts Lucy Boynton. Lucy Boynton is also the star of I'm the I've been pretty thing lives in this house and then uh Gretel and Hansel is Sophia Lillis uh who is oh. great in that movie too. So uh yeah and michael Monroe kills it. She's always good. Uh it follows uh the guest. She had that she had that killer like indie horror 20 14 and then like disappeared for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so I'm excited to see her back.
1: Yeah. I'll have to watch uh, Hansel and Gr- Gretel and Hansel and I'm the Pretty Thing just because I've never seen them. And I, I really love Black Coat's Daughter and I'm, I'm very excited for Long Legs. And I seem to be into the um the style that Oz, uh, Oz Perkins kind of operates in so far. So yeah. I'll have to check those out. And I, I think I remember when I first watched this movie, I
0: also watched The Lodge. Remember that okay. movie? Yeah. No, I, I saw The Lodge in theaters.
1: Yeah. I don't. I think I remember liking that movie. It's okay, but I just remember them having like a similar stylistic kind of vibe, uh, similar setting, and you know, a locked away in a snowy. Kind yeah, of, that's a cabin. Very different,
0: but yeah, I I remember. Uh, I I think I was made. I think I liked the lodge a little bit more than most of the people in my life. Uh, But I feel like I was making yeah. a lot. Of, I was making a lot of excuses for the lodge. I felt like. When I, I think was, so too. When I saw it, I was like, uh, "Yeah, no, well, you know, it's deliberate. It's a slow bird. and like it, it's the twist isn't that stupid, and like I'll yeah." Like, that, that fucking twist <laughs> that that actually might be that movie might be the most mad my girlfriend has ever been walking out of a movie uh, <laughs> that we've been to together uh, she was furious after the lodge she was also really mad after Bo was afraid um, mm. I think she hated the lodge more though <laughs>
1: that's wild that's crazy
0: yeah uh that was uh that was a difficult time (laughs) but it had had some good scenery in it i mean i i thought it like you know it it effectively captured its atmosphere uh and then i just remember thinking the like last 20 minutes like really derailed the whole thing (laughs) yeah but uh, absolutely yeah and i don't even like fully remember what happened at the end of the lodge something about like the kids were faking it the whole time they're gaslighting her yeah yes oh yeah because the lodge the plot of it is that they all think they're dead right well, uh,
1: they convince her that they're dead. Yeah. Right.
0: Uh but then they, turn- they
1: think there's a, ga- a gas leak and they all suffocated and they're trapped in purgatory in this lodge now. Right. Is like uh, where
0: that goes. But but it turns like it turns out like the kid is just like pranking his babysitter. Right? Yeah, they've been pranking her the whole time. Right? <laughs> like whoops <laughs> but then she kills the dad right like at the end or something like yeah,
1: that yeah because if I remember right they like elaborately stage which is incredible because they're like young teens right like multiple deaths for themselves right. and like look we keep living like we're not re- we're, in, we're already dead it's purgatory and I remember there's like a harness where they fake hang
0: themselves or whatever yes and they also like move rooms from one side of the house yeah to the other. they <laughs>
1: do some weird shit um, <laughs> which tricks her into thinking they're already dead so when he shows up she kills him the husband yeah. or the dad or whatever because uh, like it doesn't matter or we're already dead. And then LOL JK,
0: the kids are like, what have we done? Yeah. I think. Right. Sorry for spoiling the lodge for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I guess, but, uh, that movie, I guess. yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, I remember not being great, but it, the Black Coat's Daughter, very good. Correct.
1: I was going to say it's no Black Coat's Daughter, which does, no Black Coat's which Daughter. does stick its last 20 minutes.
0: Yes, I think so too. So yeah, the Black Coat's Daughter, uh, you can stream it right now on HBO max if uh, you want to check it out. It's very, very good. All right. And, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up, uh, we picked these two movies. Uh, I made Mike D watch spirited away. He made me watch Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, we've now discovered this Lauren Holly connection between the two of them. Yes. Um, but, uh, as I mentioned to Mike, uh, off mic earlier in the episode both movies are about uh, young women who go on a spiritual journey encountering mystical creatures after her parents mysteriously vanish (laughs) yeah Uh, and so I think that counts as our our loose double feature here so Black Hood's Daughter really great and now it's time to talk about Spirited Away Chihiro we're almost there what's this old building looks like an entrance. Wait for me! You should be here. Get
1: out of here, now! Mom, Dad!
0: It's a bathhouse for the spirits. It's where they come to replenish themselves. And this is certainly no place for humans.
1: It that you are. Don't be afraid. I just want to help you.
0: Once you've met someone, you never really forget them. All right. That was from the trailer for spirited away directed by Heyo Miyazaki from 2001. Were you going to say something Mike before I cut to, uh, um, cut, cut to the trailer? I am I'm impressed that you could tell that.
1: Yes. I was going to say, um, that it's, that's more of a overt, the, what you said about the two young women on a spiritual journey and yada, yada, yada. It's more of an overt connection than we've had in most of these double features. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Plus a shared actress. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we had that going for us too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I I would say as far as me making you, me wanting to make you watch Spirited Away, I have made you watch a Miyazaki movie in the past for Mike Makes Mike Watch. Uh, That was Princess Mononoke. Yes. uh, Which I have long thought of as my favorite Miyazaki movie. I did recently just watch The Wind Rises for the first time and I was really blown away by that movie. And so I'm not sure if that that might've edged out Mononoke as my favorite. I don't know. Okay. Uh, But Spirited Away is, I think, the the one that is generally considered like the big one. You know, it's uh, a large... Largely considered like not only Miyazaki's best film, one of the greatest animated films of all time. Uh, it was nominated for, uh, actually, I believe it won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature back in 2002. It was the second uh, animated movie ever to win that award because that award was started the previous year. Uh, I was just going
1: to ask, when did that start?
0: <laughs> yes, uh, the previous year. That the very first winner of the Animated Feature Award. Do you want to take a guess at what it is, Mike? Shrek. It was Shrek. Yeah, let's uh, go, baby. It was Shrek, and then Spirited Away. The two, the two pinnacles of cinema. <laughs> And we've never been so high before in yes. that category. <laughs> but yeah, I think Spirited Away, uh, just because of its reputation, because uh, you've you've sort of dipped your toe into Miyazaki recently um, with Mononoke, and you did see uh, The Boy and the Heron. Uh, yes. So I was like, yeah, you know, Spirited Away, it's great. If uh, if you if It's a good, like, you know, even if it's not my personal favorite Miyazaki movie, it is one that, like, you should see. Uh, and so that's why I was kind of like, let's make it Spirited Away. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, what, what do you think, Mike? I mean, what, what's, um, what has kept you from watching? Spirited Away up until this point? I don't know, actually. I think it's been one of those things
1: where we've talked about a lot with uh, sort of the last couple months we were doing uh, in 2023, um, like, oh, filling in the filmographies of people, you know, and, and all that stuff. And Miyazaki has been one of those people that um, has every just always been, you know, in the pop culture, in, in my awareness of, you know, Japanese animated movies has just been like, oh, the greatest um, kind of right. thing. And he's like retired, uh, I guess, at least, I guess twice now or whatever. Yeah. Or at once. <laughs> I don't really, ish, ish ish whatever um, <laughs> happens so or whatever's going on there and he doesn't have a ton of movies and it's sort of just been one of those feelings for me of like well maybe I'll wait till he's done and I'll just watch all of them or 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 not that like <laughs> when he dies but just oh he's retired right. okay I guess now they're I can like do a complete thing or like they'll just always be there like I still haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia because I'm kind of just like waiting for the perfect moment for something I don't I, really know I what. also
0: I I've, I'm in that same boat where I've also not seen Lawrence of Arabia right. um Lars will because I want want to see it for the first time in a theater if I can exactly uh, uh, and I'm not sure I, I, at, at a certain point I'm like man I kind of just want to rip that band-aid off and watch Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> yeah and I and I
1: can't I can't really use that excuse uh, for Miyazaki necessarily because he's one of those guys the, his the, his films are like it seems like every single time I go to the movie there's some fathom event that is talking about Miyazaki on, <laughs> on screen for one night only and every yeah. time it's another Miyazaki movie so I have you know had ample opportunity uh, unlike <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia uh, <laughs> to go to theaters to see these right so yeah I don't really know um, what I what I've been like waiting for necessarily so I'm glad that you've been using uh, this Mike makes Mike watch opportunity for me to to watch some of them and yes yeah, spirited away is incredible it's amazing Um, and and I, as far as it's interesting that you're saying that like oh it's the like given what it's, it's the one right and I, I mean I guess I don't know like what would be the one but I don't know if it's the first one that jumps to mind for me when I think like obviously I haven't seen any of them or most sure, of yeah. them but like I don't know if it's like
0: Totoro is
1: the one, or or Castle. I mean, they're, guess they're all
0: yeah. I mean, perfect a, lo- movies, a lot right? of them, are, a lot of them are big. To- Totoro would definitely be up there, I think, for a lot of people. But I think Spirited Away, just in terms of like, like Totoro is a very early Miyazaki movie. Ah, uh, uh, like that's from like '88, I think, and Spirited Away is 2001. So it's much further in the career. He's a more like assured filmmaker. Much like you know, there's it, Spirited Away feels like kind of the amalgamation of like everything that he had been building up to up to that point, as far as it. just like uh, the maturity of the story. Storytelling, um, which had really like kind of advanced uh, in the nineties, like princess Mononoke was a like much more like thematically mature movie than my neighbor Totoro, for, for right. example, uh, at the same time, Totoro is also about like two kids whose mother is dying. And so there's that aspect <laughs> <that's>, that aspect <laughs> of it too. Uh, but I think Totoro is, you know, it, it, much heavier on like the fantastical creatures and all, all that kind of stuff. And spirited away, I think really blends those two things very well of like, you know, heavier storytelling with a wild fantastic, World um, that's, uh, that that kind of creates, and I think *Mononoke* does that as well. But *Spirited Away* goes to like a whole different, you know, plane of existence, really. Um, in its yeah. <laughs> in, in its characters,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with watching these movies. I guess other than *Boy and the Heron* because that's so new, but uh, watching uh, *Mononoke* and *Spirited Away*, just like every single second of it is completely iconic. And like, I have seen all of this already, you know, but yeah. like totally, but like in in gifs on Twitter and like totally divorced from whatever context the movie is the image is from the movie. Uh, Like in particular, there's that one moment towards the end where um, they're like running to catch the train or whatever is going on there. I I think, and no face gets like knocked over by a wave. um, Yeah. At some point. And like that, that image of him falling into the waves is like always the gif of like, it says feels all over the waves. And it's like, that's the only context I've ever seen that image portrayed in is like being (laughs) taken over overwhelmed by emotion. Um, So to see it just be like a normal action in a movie where somebody gets knocked over by a wave and like not, that context at all. I was just like, what is happening? This is such a weird... Uh, like a metatextual thing to be consuming this media in. Um, so that's strange. But uh, on its own, yeah, the movie's amazing. Like I said, the, the whole conceit of this family moving to a new town and stumbling onto this, they think, abandoned amusement park or whatever um, and having it really be that they've accidentally stumbled into a spirit world that's like a vacation town for spirits. Yeah. Um, and the parents get turned into pigs because they're, they're greedy little guys that eat the food when they shouldn't eat the food. That's a classic <laughs> fairy tale blunder. when will people learn and i would do uh, the same that food looked amazing i I would too that's the other thing about these miyazaki movies is all this food looks fucking (laughs) incredible (laughs) and then um their daughter has to uh sign a contract and work off their debt basically and then and then shenanigans ensue (laughs) (laughs) pretty much magical realism shenanigans ensue
0: yeah it's it's a very like uh i I was sort of surprised when i saw it for the first time because it is like um a very loose plot like it's kind of just like you know it, there is like an end goal sort of but a lot of it is just like a, a pretty slice of life thing once she kind of gets like settled into her role as like you know the servant in this area uh, in this like hotel for spirits right it's, <laughs> right it's
1: like it's like it's like spirit Grand Budapest Hotel yes <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. like
0: it's really just about the life in in and
1: around of this bathhouse for ghosts
0: right uh, that, that's like a big chunk of the movie and then like you know towards the end it starts to kind of ramp up a little bit and it's about uh, her kind of reclaiming her name and her identity and like kind of it's, you know, really, it's a metaphor for her becoming an adult in some ways, Whoa. you know, like, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And so, yeah, I, I think it, all that's really great. Um, but uh, the the best stuff in the movie is mostly just her working at the bathhouse. Uh, I think my favorite scene in the movie is when that like giant stink demon uh, comes yeah. in, this like stink spirit, and she has to bathe this like stink spirit and no one else will do it. And she's the only one like she's the only one who does. And it's, it's such a wild scene. Like it's it's animated beautifully and it's just really funny and weird. And uh, yeah, I have a great time with it. <laughs> (laughs)
1: yeah i mean then the like reveal of that that uh uh, that it's it's actually like a river spirit that's been so polluted it's turned into a stink demon and she like pulls the thorn out of its side and like it's like uncorks all the (laughs) pollution or whatever um and he like rewards her with like the god thing i don't even know what she gets some kind of medicine basically uh and uh yeah that whole that whole sequence is amazing and i love the like scrappy human in the monster uh, in a world of literal monsters kind of thing that is going on where, yeah where they all like hate her and it's like, Oh, you smell so bad. You stink like a human and all this stuff. And she's just like, well, I'll work harder than all of you and prove you all wrong. And it's amazing. I
0: don't know. It's just a a, a delight, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other scenes in a spirited way that you'd want to give shout out to Mike? I mean, kind of all of it is the thing. Um, (laughs) I did
1: feel it was a little, maybe like unbalanced in terms of the plot stuff because I, like you said, a large majority of it is her, uh, her just working at the bathhouse and that's wonderful and then there's this whole thing with what's his name haku i think is the like right the boy the boy who kind of helps her right yeah yeah that, like kind of takes her under his wing sort of uh, and explains what's going on and and he's also a dragon and all this shit and and then you kind of find out that he's uh been poisoned or something mind controlled with a slug or whatever yeah he,
0: he's like forgotten that he is a dragon like a, a river spirit right because right. of uh the the um enchantments that uh yubaba does to the whole place or whatever right
1: right right she's yubaba steals everybody's name when they sign their contract to work there and so they forget their past uh is the whole thing so he's forgotten his past but but then the whole with her twin sister like the that whole moment when uh haku comes back and he's like all cut up and wounded and he might bleed to death and and all this stuff and and he what's the main girl's name how can i forget uh Uh,
0: chihiro uh, chihiro yeah uh, yeah also known as sen and sen that's another yeah yeah
1: sen uh decides to go return the thing that haku stole to this twin sister yubaba's twin sister and apologize and maybe she'll heal him and let him f- be free and if I just say I'm sorry it'll all be okay and that stuff's all great but all of a sudden they go on this long journey and it's just sort of it I felt it just felt like we spent an hour and a half doing this amazing beautiful thing at this bathhouse that I really loved and then we slam a whole other movie's plot in the last 30 minutes <laughs> uh, which is also beautiful and great um you know like it's, it's all good it just was a very noticeable like and a now a totally different thing uh right. and they go to her house and they kind of like learn their grand moral message in 20 minutes and then we come home and everything's fine And you're like, whoa, okay, I guess. So that was, that's like my only like, I don't know, four, four and a half instead of five stars, (laughs) you know, uh, but, but everything is beautiful and great. And, and, um, the like furnace man with his like eight arms and he's awesome. Uh, Yeah, That's the thing about these movies is everything just like looks so beautiful and fantastical and is clever and interesting and feels like real. Like when they, like the thing that like got me the most, uh, for that is when they go to Yababa's twin sister's house. Um, and it's in like Swamp Town or whatever. Right. They take the train yeah. uh, to the swamps and they get off the train and there's this this lantern that is like a one. It's got like a one leg and a hand like a Mickey Mouse gloved hand. Yep. And it's just like spring spring bounce bounces down the path with them. <laughs> And when they get to Yuba, uh, the the sister's house, it just like hops back up on the post, and the leg curls up, and it looks like a normal lantern again. And you're just like, that's the sim-, like the most beautiful little magical simples detail that makes all the Miyazaki stuff so like wonderful and and amazing. You know? Yeah,
0: and uh, and this movie specifically just has so many of those like very iconic creatures that have just like kind of taken hold of pop culture in the last several you know dozen years or whatever, uh, yeah. you know, t- 20, 30 years. Like the uh, the little dust mite creatures, like the black spiky black ball thing. The so- what are they called? The soots. The soots. Yeah. Soot. Yeah. <laughs> which are in like the Spider-Man's lair, the eight, the 8 armed guys. Yeah. lair, Right. Um, yeah, that, that's just like, uh, you know, that's a thing that I had seen many times before I had seen spirited away, you know, like, it's, yep. like, the, and of course there's no face, which is like just one of those iconic images, this scene of like her and no face on the train together like that, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really great.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. And and the whole no face thing is great that he, you know, she, she like rebuffs his bribes or whatever uh chihiro like because he offers her gold and she's like no thanks i've got shit to do goodbye yeah uh and so he like j- tries to eat the whole bathhouse and and all like he just like goes <laughs> mad that this person uh has like a like i don't know moral code or something because right. everybody else in the math- bathhouse is is like desperate to take his gold that he's creating and stuff and then it's also like a gross movie like when the the stink monster comes in it looks disgusting when bath yeah. uh, no face is like throwing up all the stuff that he's eaten is disgusting <laughs> um the pigs are disgusting Yeah. Like, but like in that like artistically
0: beautiful kind of groups yes exactly yeah now when the stink demon shows up like I feel like I can smell the stink demon out of the movie I can't really explain how that's possible but yeah they they managed to make that happen (laughs) that they do it uh yeah and i love uh i love the arc chihiro goes through i think uh you know the like when she is first introduced in the movie she's with her parents and they're traveling to their new house and stuff and she's like a whiny kid who needs her parents for everything right like she is like just doesn't want to be left alone she always wants to be by her parents and like you know then she's forced into this place where uh you know she has to you know kind of start to depend on herself become confident uh and become like an independent person and so by the time you get to the end of the movie and uh you know the contract disappears she gets Gets her parents back. She gets her real name back. She she feels like she is um like she she's a more independent person, like a more complete person as a result.
1: Yeah, yeah. She uh her and Haku like fall in love or whatever, and reveal that they've like been destined for each other, right? She remembers the, the river spirit saving her from drowning as a young oh, child, yes, yeah. younger child, and that's how she remembers his name because she fell. She remembers she falls into the like whatever river, and he's like, but and, and he that's when he turns like all of his memories come back, and he remembers that happening. Yeah, um, and yeah. Yeah, to the moment when... like the when Yubaba is like one final test and you must tell me which of these two pigs is your parents. Ha-ha. Yeah. And just like the confidence that she says, like, it's none of them. And you're just like, yeah, because uh, she forgot <laughs> earlier in the movie. She couldn't tell. Right. It's right. like amazing. Good stuff. Love this Yes,
0: movie. absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad you enjoyed it, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like other like, you know, I, I've made you watch a couple of Miyazaki's at this point. So you might be on your own as far as other Mike Makes Mike watches. But I w- I'm like of the ones that I would recommend, uh, I think you would really take Porco Rosso. Uh, are you are you aware of the plot of Porco Rosso? Isn't it like anti fascist pigs or something like that? Yeah, so it's uh it's about an Italian World War One fighter uh, named Porco Rosso who has been cursed to have a pig's head, and he's like uh, defending a uh, an ocean liner from airborne pirates, like like sky pirates. Yeah, uh, he's voiced by Michael Keaton. Um, so we could have watched this movie for season four, of the complete works. Damn, Keaton, but you chose not to. But yeah, it's it's about like this pig who is uh, this pig man who is disillusioned with uh you know the fascist movement in italy and like it's just kind of on his own and he's just the best pilot there ever was uh and he's fighting pirates in the sky and it's the coolest shit ever it's great that rules um yeah i
1: mean the, so the you can have a double you can watch both of these on hbo max there's the yeah. whole like studio ghibli channel or whatever they have on there the collection
0: yeah max has the uh the ghibli collection that, that that was one of the first like big hbo max gets was like and we're gonna have the entire studio ghibli collection which i don't think had ever been streaming before it wasn't uh, on filmstruck I don't remember. I think like it was. Maybe it had been on Filmstruck or something. I'm not sure if they had everything. Um yeah, but I don't there know. were there was some kind of licensing deal with HBO Max and so HBO Max has still has all the Studio Ghibli films for now. I mean, who like you know HBO Max changes every single day.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, yeah, they've still got all the Ghibli stuff, which means all the Miyazakis and a bunch of other stuff too. Like, great for the Fireflies, and yeah, a lot of good stuff. But uh, My Neighbor Totoro is great. Check that out, Mike. Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, I-, I think you will really like Kiki's Delivery Service, actually. Too. That's a, that's an earlier Miyazaki from '89, uh, which is just about a girl who uh, gets crushed by the gig economy. Man, uh, just <laughs> just uh, just gets gets burned out from working. That's genuinely the entire movie is just her working too hard and getting burned out uh, and it's, it's good. Sounds relatable. Yeah, um, uh, exactly. There's many scenes where she comes home from work and just like flaps down on bed and... Uh, <laughs> amazing it's yeah there's the, the the final
1: scene the final shot of this movie um ends with with in spirited away ends in such a like hopeful you know like the magic of childhood is still alive kind of thing where when they go to the twin sisters uh house they like make chihiro a like hair tie or something and yeah. it's like woven by the memories of your friends or like i forget they ha- like it's made with love or whatever there's like some thing about why it's magic and why it will protect her uh, kind of thing uh and when she is leaving you know, Haku tells her, like, you have to just walk back out the way you came, go out through the archway. But the thing is, you can't turn around. You can't look back. Uh, and she almost does at the very end. She pauses and like, <laughs> uh, but she doesn't turn. She doesn't look back. She walks through the archway. And it seems like they've been gone like decades. I don't know if you remember that. The, the Right. Day. They drive up to this like archway in the, f- in the forest. They're on like a dirt road lost, but it's like paved. It's like cobblestone. And when they come out, it's like completely overgrown. And you're like, how long then they don't acknowledge. I mean, they have like some acknowledgement that like, oh, the windows were open and it's all dusty in here now. Like there's some throwaway line. Yeah. But uh, I was like, wait a second. Are they, have they been gone here? <laughs> um, Cause it seems like it a lot happens in that for, in that bathhouse. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: uh, truly, truly that could have been like a groundhog day situation where you just like don't know how long she's been stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but then she she finally turns around now because she's gone through the
1: archway and it's just a field like it's just normal yeah uh, and there's this like kind of really sad longing look uh and then her face kind of like sets into like okay this is my life now and when she turns around the the hair tie like does like the the anime like ding kind yeah. of thing like catches the light uh and it's like she'll never forget what she went through uh and it's and it's the the beauty of of childhood magic is alive you know yeah <laughs> So it's very different that. from Black Oat's Daughter where it's like, oh, what's happening? Is she, this is all for nothing. She killed all these people. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is why Black. you wanted to talk about this one second. Like if you were going to do a double feature yeah. of both films, if you wanted to program a uh, double feature of young women going on spiritual journeys, encountering mythical creatures uh, after her parents mysteriously vanish, and also the love interest of Dumb and Dumber is there. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh the black O's daughter and spirited away that's your double feature right there that's your double feature absolutely
1: <laughs> um but so yeah this, it ended in just like a like you know like a one a one melancholic joyful tear rolls down my cheek nice like, wow <laughs> <laughs> amazing and then i rolled right into a uh an anime that i had just heard about uh on that earlier that day that i watched this on a podcast and uh which is called free run beyond journey's end okay Great, but it's the saddest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was like, well, maybe this new anime, let me uplift, I don't know, it's like a fantasy thing, I think, let me right. check it out. And it's about this, like, fantasy, like, d d style fantasy group that... Uh, in the in the pre credits, like it, it starts with them returning to town, having just finished their ten year long battle and and adventure against the demon king, and they finally did it. They've ushered in an era of new peace, and like that's what the first cold open of the show is. And the main character Free Ren, is an elf who's you know functionally immortal; that thousands of years can mm. live. And they witness this meteor shower that happens every fifty years, and it's like a beautiful wow. What a what a conclusion to our journey, let's meet back here in 50 years and see this meteor shower again Uh, and they come back 50 years later, she's exactly the same because she's an immortal elf and everyone else is like at doors, at death's door (laughs) like they're all (laughs) super ancient and old and then it's just about her journey like accepting mortality of her friends while she's immortal and like what that means for her and her perception of time and shit and I'm just sitting there like no (laughs) like I wanted the beauty and joy of of Spirited Away to be continued uh, and it's just so sad in but it's amazing and beautiful and awesome so okay. watch that I guess if you want to be sad at an anime there you go where can we watch that one Mike uh, it's on Crunchyroll I believe it's available on okay. Crunchyroll uh, there you go
0: and it's like ongoing cur- like I think there's only 13 episodes or something so far so pretty okay. pretty manageable cool alright well I think that's going to wrap things up for this week Mike for the uh, Mike Makes Mike Watch where can we find you online this week
1: you can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd and newly opened Blue Sky um, no more invite codes required to join Blue Sky
0: oh I didn't so know that
1: yeah that's oh that's why there was there was a whole thing today yeah oh. Today's is the first day
0: that you no longer need to be invited to join Blue Sky. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we should uh, start up a podcast uh, account at some point soon. Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that yes. that
0: makes sense. I was wondering why you were saying that to me. Like, oh, well, now's it just the time. pops into my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no,
1: nope. um, so you can join uh, Blue Sky, uh, and I'm at MD Film Blog on there also. Um, if you would like to donate, to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is koficom Pods, where you can also donate fifty dollars and buy an episode. Make it us make us talk about whatever thing you want us to talk about. We'll do that for fifty bucks on Kofi. And if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is mikeandmikepods.redbubble.com.
0: That's right. You can find me online at MSmithFilmBlog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod, and maybe potentially on Blue Sky down the line. Uh, yes. and, you, and you can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts about all kinds of comic books and movies news and all that good stuff. Uh, so next week we'll just be doing some uh, off mic discussions, and then the week after that it's going to be the next Mike makes Mike watch, which uh, theoretically might deal make me watch the Baxter if we can find it, and I'm making him watch Nonstop from 2014, the Liam Neeson action movie, which uh, I maintain is the second best Liam Neeson action movie of the 2010s. Wow, The Gray being number one, I think Nonstop is number oh,
1: two. Oh, twist! I was going to say, but where's The Gray in that?
0: Um, uh, the, the Gray is number one. The Gray rules. Okay, uh, Got yeah, it. Nonstop is number two non also rules uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it I, I'm, I'm, sort the of the plane or the trained one. That's the plane one. That's uh, the, the plane the, one. The train one is called the commuter. Uh, uh. I was, I, I was very well versed in all of the Liam Neeson action movies until COVID happened. And then, you know, I got, I got derailed. I wasn't, I, I would go like every January to see the new Liam Neeson movie. Maybe that's, maybe that's the commuter sequel. You don't know about derailed. Yeah. Ooh, that, that would be a great title for a commuter sequel. Actually, Come on. I, I believe uh, Jean-Claude Sarah uh, directed both nonstop and the commuter. I believe he just announced a new, like, like that kind of action movie recently. I'm not sure that Liam Neeson's in it, uh, but I am glad that he's kind of returning to that because Jean-Claude Serra kind of got hooked up with The uh, the Rock uh, for his last couple of movies. Like, he became uh. one of The Rock's guys, uh, and so he directed Jungle Cruise and Black Adam, and they were awful. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, I generally really like him. Uh, he also did The Shallows uh, with Blake Lively, which is great. Yeah, Carrion is the name of the movie. Uh, Carry On, an action thriller, a mysterious traveler blackmails Ethan Topek, a young TSA agent, to let a dangerous package slip through security and onto a Christmas Day flight. Uh, oh, yeah. starring Taryn Egerton and Jason Bateman. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> Uh, yeah I'm excited uh, oh it's a Netflix thing well, we'll uh, I'm uh, still excited
1: <laughs> Netflix keeps trying to get me to click on Cold Pursuit which is another one of these Liam Neeson movies I, I have seen Cold Pursuit <laughs> but it's doing the thing where the uh, thumbnail is not Liam Neeson it's like some others is it Laura Dern because she's in that movie I, it's not Laura Dern it's somebody in a, uh, dressed as a cop and like in the snow with a gun and like I don't know it looks kind of cool and then every time I hover over it it turns into a thumbnail of Liam Neeson and I'm like not today
0: yeah <laughs> you Got me Netflix, but one yeah, day I'll yeah, remember. This well, is Cold, Cold Pursuit was a real movie that came out in theaters. Uh, well, I think a- my
1: parents. Is he the snowplow driver in that movie? Yes.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. I saw I saw it in theaters uh, when I was still seeing every Liam Neeson action movie, and I remember not liking it that much. Although it did get solid reviews. I, okay. I, but yeah, Liam Neeson plays a brooding and vengeful snowplow driver <laughs> who, who starts killing the members of a drug cartel following the murder of his son. I think. Uh, I maybe, think maybe it's better. Maybe it's better than I gave a credit for. Actually, that's. <laughs> It's it, one that
1: uh, maybe it's better. And two, I think we've been getting AI generated movies longer than we've known about, um, <laughs>
0: Just Generate me a generic Liam Neeson movie. A brooding, vengeful snowplow driver. <laughs> well, I, I can confirm, Michael, because I have seen the movie. Uh, Liam Neeson does kill at least one person with his snowplow. All right. Worth it. Vindicated. Uh, so, yeah. Cold, Cold Pursuit. Not one of my favorite Liam Neesons, but it is on Netflix now. People want to watch it. Uh, however, Nonstop is one of my favorite Liam Neesons, and so in two weeks, Mike D's watching it, and uh, it's going <laughs> to yes. be a fun time. In the meantime, the Complete Works Season 4 poll goes live on Monday, February 12th. Go voting it. Four finalists. You got Nicole Kidman, Walter Matthau, Kirsten Dunst, and Roy Scheider. What a group of people!
1: I can't wait. I'm so excited to see where the votes uh, fall.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'll, all week on Twitter, I'll be pouring one out for all the nominees uh, that didn't make the cuts uh, for, for the Complete Works season four. Uh, I'm sorry, Michael Keaton. I, I was really, I, I think of all the nominees uh, that I had, I was like so sure Michael Keaton was going to get in. I was like, this really? is it. He's going to win the poll. It's going to be a whole thing. And you knocked him out. It was the first one you voted on. First one gone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, maybe if we thought about more, if I had been more conscious of uh, just, you know,
0: Beetlejuice 2, <laughs> maybe that would have made more sense. Now's the time. Uh, yeah, these I, I believe uh, Beetlejuice 2 will probably have a Super Bowl commercial that will be uh, airing soon. So, uh, yeah, Michael Keaton fever. Catch it. I mean, it, it's it's also a weird thing where like Michael Keaton, wait, we have to end this episode, but, but Michael Keaton is uh <laughs> is doing that kind of Harrison Ford thing now where he's just like, okay, now I'm reprising all of my old characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm playing Batman again and now I'm playing Beetlejuice again and soon there'll be a Mr. Mom 2 or something. Like, it's just... <laughs> he'll be
1: that one cop from Jackie Brown and that Steven Soderbergh movie. There'll be a third one.
0: That would be actually the ideal situation. That would rule. <laughs> uh, a Ray spinoff, a Ray Nicolette spinoff of... <laughs> Jackie oh, out yeah. and app site. Be pretty cool. All right. We got to end this. That is the end of this week's episode of Mike, Mike, go to the movies. We will see you on the other side.